0: thanks for tuning in to Mana a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's word these episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reform Perspective Foundation a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time here's today serving welcome friends we're going to turn to the book of Psalms together now Psalm 15 in which David speaks about who lives with God, who may claim that he has the right to live with God. He asks a hard question, and he gives what seems at first to be a hard answer. Psalm 15 opens with the most important question that anyone could ever ask. O Lord, who may sojourn? Who may come and live with you? This is about salvation. This is about eternal life. But by the time we get to the end of the psalm, the answer to David's question seems to be, no one can sojourn. No one can go and live with God, because it sounds like you have to be perfect to live with God, and no one is perfect. So the conclusion seems to be, no one has a hope of ever living with God in this world or in the world to come. But David's not asking, Lord, Who's holy enough, who's good enough in himself to come into your presence? God promises eternal life to those who believe in Jesus Christ. He promises we can be his children and live with him now and forever. David is asking, Lord, who may rightfully claim that privilege? Who is welcome to sit at your table and live under your roof? who may be sure that one day he will come and live with you forever? David says this is the kind of person who is allowed to make that claim, that he walks with God. He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. Well, like I said, that seems to bring us back to square one. No one seems to be able to make the claim that he walks with God, because it sounds like you have to be perfect, and no one is. The Bible says, we're all conceived and born in sin. The reformer, John Calvin, said that we shouldn't read Psalm 15 as if it gave us a stepladder to heaven, or as if it were written to condemn all of us. It's not what it is. What it is, is a warning against hypocrisy. David's not condemning the children of God who slip and fall into sin because they're weak. He's giving a warning To people who claim to be believers, but who keep living in sin, even though they know that what they're doing is wrong. It's terribly sad, but I'm sure you know. Sometimes people call themselves Christians, but for example, if you do business with them, you can't trust them. You watch them in their homes and you see they're inconsiderate. They're even cruel to their wives and children. They're always looking for their own advantage. And we wonder, how do those things go together? That confession that they're Christians and then living that way. David says, those things don't go together. If that's how those people live, they're hypocrites. They may call themselves Christians, but the way they behave shows they don't walk with God. We use the word hypocrite to describe someone who's a phony. Someone who pretends to be one thing when he really is something altogether different. Someone who acts one way in public, but very differently in private. Originally, hypocrite simply meant actor. What's an actor? In those days, the days when the Bible was written, actors wore masks when they were performing. That hid their true identity, and that let them pretend to be someone they were not. Actors play roles, and they do that to get applause from their audience. So you can see how we came to use the word hypocrite the way we do. Hypocrites hide who they are. They pretend to be someone they're not. And they do it because they want approval from the people who are watching them. Sometimes actors get so caught up in the role they're playing, they forget they're acting. And the role takes over their life. And that's what happens with religious hypocrites. They don't realize after a while that they're acting, and they start thinking that God accepts their outward actions. That's why hypocrisy is so deadly, because hypocrites are the first people who are deceived by their acting. And they think That they're right with God because of the good things they do and they forget or they convince themselves somehow God either can't see what they're really like or God doesn't care about that as long as they do all the right things. As long as they go to church and, and all the rest. But the person who really lives with God, who may say, I sojourn, I have fellowship with God, that person is a person of integrity. Integrity means wholeness. It means your life fits together. Integrity is the opposite of hypocrisy. It means you're the same on the inside, you're the same in private as you are on the outside and in public. And this is what Psalm 15 is all about. David says you can tell that a person is a true child of God from the way he talks to other people and the way he talks about other people. They don't slander their neighbors. Slander is making accusations about other people, twisting their words and putting their actions into the worst light. The Bible talks about false witness, a false witness is someone who talks about his neighbor in order to have that neighbor condemned, in order to make others think poorly of their neighbor. You can tell whether a person walks with God by the kind of behavior he despises, and the kind of behavior he honors. He resembles God in this respect. He shows that he has the same values as God does. He despises what God despises, and he honors what God honors. He despises a vile man, but he honors those who fear the Lord. Vile means wicked, low, corrupt. In our culture... We often honor vile people. We are impressed by people who are beautiful or powerful or wealthy, even if we know they live immoral lives. David says people who walk with God despise vile behavior, not because they're self-righteous, not because they think they're better than everybody else, but because there really is nothing honorable, about people who make fun of the God who created them, or or people who mistreat their neighbors, or people who are unfaithful to their promises. People of integrity, people who walk with God, see that kind of behavior for what it is. It's despicable. It's to be despised. And they say so. But they honor those who fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord means really loving Him, wanting to live according to his will, not worshiping him for show, but worshiping him genuinely, thankfully, joyfully from the heart. An upright person admires people who fear the Lord for their piety, for their humility, for their honesty. He admires the way they're always ready to help others, always ready to serve. He admires their generosity He sees what the Holy Spirit is doing in their lives, and he honors that. A true child of God keeps his vows. He swears, it says, to his own hurt. He keeps his vows even when it hurts him. It costs him. In our culture, people make promises. But when it looks like it's not turning out the way they thought it would, turning out to be a bad deal, a bad marriage, they walk away. We make commitments to our spouses. We make commitments to each other in our families and our friendships and and in business. And sometimes those commitments turn out to be costly. When we make our wedding vows, we don't know what it's going to cost us to keep them. And sometimes things happen and we say, well, this isn't what I signed up for. Something happens, our spouse changes, our situation changes. And we feel like we don't have to keep the promises that we made. And we walk away. But God is faithful to his promises, and his children are like him. They're faithful, too. God's faithfulness, you might almost say, rubs off on them. And so they keep their promises. The children of God say, no matter what may have happened, no matter how things have changed, no matter how much it's going to cost me, I gave my word, and I'll keep the oath that I made even if it costs me money or time or pain. David says here's another thing that shows who are really God's children, how we treat each other when it comes to money. The way we handle our money shows who and what are at the center of our thoughts and our concerns, usually it's ourselves. We're selfish in the way we use our money. But God is generous. God gives good things to us, to everyone, freely. And God's children again are like him. They show the same spirit. They're generous. If they see that their neighbor's in some kind of trouble and he needs, for example, financial help, they don't say, hey, I could loan him money and make some money off of him. Here's an opportunity for me to get richer at my neighbor's expense. No, they use the money God has given them generously to genuinely help their neighbor. David says, The man of integrity, the man who walks with God, does not take a bribe against the innocent. Now we know what a bribe is. A bribe is money that we pay to pervert justice. And that's really the main thing David is talking about. Not just the act of bribery, but he's talking about justice. He's talking about dealing with our neighbors fairly, being impartial, not favoring anyone because they're rich or powerful or popular or because they can do something for us or even because they're our friends. We are impartial if we're people of integrity. We love justice. We don't show favoritism. So Psalm 15 doesn't say, here's the ladder that you have to climb. This is the kind of life you have to achieve in order to reach that standard where you can have fellowship with God. It just says, this is what the real children of God look like. These are the people, you can tell, who live with God. This is the portrait of the people who, who live in communion with God now and who will live with him forever. What does it take? How do we get to live with God forever? It's the same for every one of us, no matter who we are or where we came from. It's not what you do. Despite what your heart tells you, despite what every other religion tells you, you don't have to earn the right to live with God. You only have to repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God promises you, believe in Jesus Christ and you will be changed. You will become a new person. You will live as a child of God. Psalm 15 wasn't written to make us hopeless about eternal life, about living with God. Psalm 15 wasn't written to make us despair of ever having fellowship with God. Psalm 15 is a promise. It says, this is what God will do in your life if you believe his promises and live sincerely by faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening.